Welcome to the Sounds of the World. We are your hosts, Hillary and Bill. Together, we're going to travel around the world to discover new music, discuss musical topics, and interview fascinating people. Our world is a buffet of music, and it is time to eat. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sounds of the World podcast. Uh, this is Bill, and we have a very special episode today uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, we have a very special guest host tonight. You might remember her from her episode with um, Tom Morrison. Uh, but this is my wife, Abby. She's joining us today. Hi, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> and today, our special guest is Royalty. Um, and we are so excited to talk to him. We featured him a little bit on our Black History Month uh, session uh, with his photo and a little bio on him. Uh, and he's doing amazing things. His music is great. Uh, we're going to talk to him, get to know him a little bit better, uh, talk about his his kingdom that he's creating and uh, the community that he's building. So uh, please welcome to the podcast, King Kanye. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's so good to talk to you now that we finally like can talk. Like it's been it's crazy few months just getting in touch with each other. So a hundred percent. Yeah, I've been hearing your name for quite a while, and I was like, haven't you talked to him already? And he said no, and I was like, okay, this has been long awaited. We're ready. <laughs> Everything happens at the perfect time, so it'll be perfect. I'm excited now. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So maybe you can give us just a little background. I know there's a, a little bit of one on the nativesociety.com. Uh, maybe you can give us just a little bit more background into your life and how you got into music and things. Okay, so first off, I started making music, not professionally, but originally, when I was 10 years old, I saw Green Day perform Times Square New Year's Eve, and I got really excited. So I told my mom to get me a guitar, and my parents actually ended up getting me a guitar. And um, I just started out writing songs on my guitar and like making lyrics. I wasn't very like good at it. Like I was just kind of doing it just because that's what I was doing. But I was like the lead guitarist in like a band that I created. So we started performing and everything. That's how I like got in the process of creating music and stuff like that. But it wasn't for another seven years. It was 2017 when um, I decided I wanted to start recording professionally because I had been listening to more hip hop. And, you know, I started like, I enjoyed the process of just reciting even raps that other rappers would rap just in my hallway at school because I love the rhythms and everything. And I wanted to start like making my own music and stuff like that. So that's when I started taking like for real, for real. And I, <laughs> this is kind of a funny story, uh, how I got my name. So in seventh grade, I was in my school. It was a big school. I was in the jazz band because I was like, I love, love, love music. So I played trombone and um, I love to do like the improvised solos whenever we had the chance because, you know, that was something they liked to push and encourage through jazz with the school. So my teacher, he said he, he thought he wanted to give a, uh, everyone like cool nicknames or whatever. So he called me Paul the King Konya. And I was like, oh, OK, you know, I just he, he put it in the program for like when he put like the soloist and everything. We thought it was like kind of silly or whatever, let alone like maybe what was that four years later? Like that's when I started making music. And my friend just threw that name out me uh, threw that name out there to me. And I was like, oh, wow, like that's actually going to be my like my recording artist name and everything. I actually ended up running with it. But it's funny because I found more meaning through uh, having this name than I even did creating it. But yeah, that's kind of like my story. And I'm Clifton Park, New York. Shout out 518 if anyone knows the Albany area. 
That's so cool. I, I love, uh, but I, I love that, uh, that, you know, you got this, like, what is it? Just happenstance nickname from your teacher. And it's just, it's stuck. And now you've really kind of sunk your teeth and nails into it to make something out of it. That's really cool. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So you, so you were in jazz band, you played trombone or there other, and guitar or there other instruments that you played? So I play a little bit more piano, a little or a little bit. I play piano a little bit more nowadays. I did back then, but I'm not like anything crazy on it. And just self-taught, I like to make melodies and stuff on it. I tried playing the cello and the flute, and I played those for about like maybe six months each because my dad really wanted to get me into string instruments or like wind instruments. But nah, I chose the trombone. He wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't too thrilled on that one. But hey. <laughs> I love it. That's cool. When I started music, I started out on the violin and then I went to piano and ended up playing the flute. So it's funny because we flip-flopped our lives. <laughs> but he plays yeah, brass. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> completely. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I played a little bit of brass instruments, like the tuba and things, but uh, I couldn't get the slide positions down on the trombone. <laughs> oh yeah even as a trombonist and like like i was serious about trombone i went to um uh suny potsdam for crane school of music initially to play trombone and i'm telling you the slide positions it's still something that i struggle with and then every time you get a different mouthpiece or your tuning slides a little bit different you have to adjust the slide position it was like it was a headache trying to stay in tune even within the section (laughs) oh yeah i believe it yeah yeah so were your parents musically inclined too, or were they just big supporters of you? Yeah, so um, my dad, um, he's actually the music professor at uh, Siena College. He teaches music theory, and he's like the conductor of the orchestra. And um, my mom, she played piano when she was younger, but I think she wasn't crazy, crazy into music. But because like my dad, like, you know, he's very much into music. That's like his life. That's his passion also. He really... Like, he he really introduced it to uh, me and my brothers. Like, he even had a first song that was playing on, like, the radio when we got home after we were born. Because, like, you know, he was very, you know, he's, you know, he's really, really into us. So. Oh, yeah. No, that's cool. So we just have, like, a um, couple just, like, basic get-to-know-you questions, of course. And then I uh, also want to talk about, um, I definitely want to talk about your song, Runaway. Maybe you could... Uh, <laughs> Give us a little, like, not taste, but maybe, like, a little background on that song. Mm, it's crazy. I'm actually really glad that you asked that because um, I personally really like the story behind that song. But I guess at interviews, like, I ne- I've never really been asked about that one specifically. So this song is about me internally living with certain guilt of feeling like I'm not fully there for people in my life the way that I want to be and it's what's sad is it fully stems from me being very hyper focused um and overindulgent into music because you know I'm passionate so this is basically last January 2020 that was when I started being in the studio all the time like that was when me and my friends hung out we'd every every single night you know we were and plus it was a college campus like everyone parties but me and my friends it would be like okay you know we'd be straight to the studio every single night and everything like that so when um certain like people or friends or like anyone would try to keep in contact with me it was like I was never by myself I felt like I couldn't fully have the uh, you know I mean fully be available for them the way that I wanted to be 
so what happened is I started feeling like I was like like a toxic person you know you start to live with that certain type of guilt or whatever and I think the line is um I'm just running away I'm just toxic or I should know the line exactly but it was like something like that but um and it's just me talking about how, you know, I, I wasn't able to always pick up the phone calls when I wanted to. And that ultimately ended up with me losing some personal relationships. But as I'm moving forward in the journey as a recording artist and in the music industry, I'm starting to realize that that is um, to a degree that's kind of part of the role. Obviously, you know, the industry is always moving, always, always moving. And it's like uh, I can be as available as I can be, but it's also important for people around me to understand that you know it may take me a little bit more time involved in my career you know what I mean not that I can't be as available for them but it's like I'm trying my best and I guess whoever can kind of understand that and whoever resonates with that is kind of who's around me not that anyone would be you know not that anyone who didn't understand that would be doing anything wrong but it's I guess that would come down to compatibility because even with relationships or like close friendships you know it's hard when you're not always seeing someone you know no I totally get it you know I was a you know for a while I was I wanted to be like I'm gonna be a diehard composer I'm just gonna write music and um you know think about like you know most of my life has been knowing classical composers and you know, as I got older, I started really listening and following more of the popular music genres and stuff. But, like, at some point, you have to really dedicate yourself to that craft, whether mm -hmm. no matter what it is, really. And once you start doing that, people are either going to say, okay, we can see the passion and the love that they have for that, and I'm going to support them for that no matter what, and be there. Or they're going to weed themselves out in a way, you know? A hundred percent. It's crazy because I'm recognizing like even through that alone, you know, the people weed themselves out is it's hard for people to understand if they don't have something that they're passionate in themselves. So even if like, and this is a hard for like a passionate or energetic or just very happy type of person, people who don't fully understand it, it may catch their eye and intrigue them in the beginning and they'll draw them to you. But if they can't relate or keep up, they start to resent that side of you, which is the realest side of you. And that that's just where things can become so toxic, so bad, so fast. Oh, definitely. I mean, even like the early hip hop artists and stuff, they talked about like, the, you know, Dre talks about that and stuff about how, mm -hmm. you know, he had all these his homies with him and stuff and his boys. And then, um, you know, once he started really hitting it and getting big and things, people were just kind of like oh, what are you, you know, are we, you know, you're just too good to hang out with us now? And he's like, look, I've got, this is what I'm doing. You know, you can come along and you can ride with me and be there with me. Or mm -hmm. you can see yourself out the door, you know? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Just last week, or not even last week. It was, I guess, yeah, it was last week. It's exactly a week ago from today. Um, So we had a show in Atlanta, me and my brother and one of my associates, and obviously, you know, our, we like getting down to Atlanta, so we ended up taking a bus and series of Ubers and stuff like that. Like, so already that was three days alone just for traveling and everything like that. And my phone was constantly dying. Trying to keep up with people was crazy. And it's like, oh, my gosh, the last thing you want to do when you or last thing you want to worry about in a situation like that is, oh, I do the people around me like understand because it's like your mind's going nuts. You can't just. But <laughs> it's just a part of it. 
you've got to have the mutual understanding of this is important to me this is what I need to do but it's it can be hard because it's like you've got to take care of yourself but then you know you want to make those around you feel taken care of but there's a lot of pressure in the industry too that I feel like isn't it's starting to be talked about a little bit more now, even with like classical composers and musicians and everything where it's like, you've got to spend hours and hours and hours in the practice room. That's one of the things that kept me from pursuing a degree in music actually is just because I, I don't have the focus for that and I need to have a little more social interaction, but it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. And it is getting talked about more. It's funny that you said that that discouraged you um, from pursuing the career in music because one of my teachers, actually, um, it was a high school teacher. They taught masterpieces of drama and musical theater and stuff like that. And they they were originally a performer. They, you know, studied performing, went into it. They were a harpist. So, you know, there was only like one of them if there was in like their spot. And like they performed in so many situations around in uh, so many events around the world, but they said they wanted to stop doing that because one, the um, emotional toll that it takes through obviously, you know, being so invested in what you're doing, but also like whenever they show up to like any type of event or any type of audition, you almost feel the energy of, you know, I mean, everyone being so competitive around you and stuff like that. So they said that, like, they told me that specifically, me and another friend, because they knew that we were like in the music. They were like, yeah, like I wanted to leave that. And I completely understand, like, that's not the, or, you know, it's not the ideal way to move forward. You know what I'm saying? Or it, it's not the ideal thing to deal with rather. But I understand that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm all here to be the support system and to, you know, like remind you, like, you've got a family. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know, but I totally understand. We met through music and so we've got that mutual love there. But, you know, that's one of his priorities and then he's one of my priorities. And it's just you've you've got to find that person that you gel with in order for your career and your relationships to work well together. Yeah. You know, we talked to the the, the lead singer of a band called Any Given Sin. His name's Vic Ritchie. And he said that, you know, for a long time it was really hard for the band because, you know, you're on tour and you're just uh, like the experience you had going to Atlanta, you know, and. Mm -hmm. you've got all these other things that are on your mind and yeah the tours are great and all you know you get to see different parts of the country or the world or whatever like but it's exhausting because it's like night after night after night Mm -hmm. and the last thing you need when you're out there trying to do your passion is that person in the background going like it's 11 o'clock and you haven't texted me where you're at you know or exactly or like (laughs) you know, oh, why aren't you talking to me more today? It's like, because I'm tired. <laughs> you know, it's like, I've been on a bus for 14 hours. I need to pass out, you know? So, 100%. It's, it's a hard life, and you got to have the, the right people in it, and that's cool. Sounds you like definitely. you a few of them, so. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I definitely full-heartedly believe that everyone who is around me, close-cornered, like, in my life, is supposed to be around me. Like, I really believe that, like, my my uh two best friends specifically like they all fully fully understand plus they're they're musicians too so you know i mean that also helps and then like even when it comes to you know my girlfriend like she's so fully understanding of that you know you said you're um always reminding him of 
you know, oh yeah, you got a, <laughs> yeah, you guys got a family. Like it's crazy because that that type of stuff helps so much. Because if I personally for me, if I didn't have constant reminders of oh hey, you know, like look up, be aware of what's going on in your personal life, then I'll completely forget, and then I'll feel bad that I forgot. And that's like a rabbit hole, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah. it's hard too because you know you see the mind working and just work I don't know how to say what I want to say but like they're in a groove and they're working and it's like I feel really bad but like I don't want to make these phone calls can you do them for me yeah. <laughs> yeah. get the garbage out it's, it's old <laughs> you know just little things you know but it's a healthy balance Mm-hmm. And he doesn't 100. completely forget me, so I'm not, you know, neglected <laughs> or anything. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I, I really liked Runaway, and I, I liked the the whole um, emotional stance behind it of, like, you know, I'm trying to balance that, too, you know? And uh, it's a really hard thing to do, but, I mean, I guess if you can get really good at it now, it's going to make it a lot easier, you know? Mm-hmm. Thank you for understanding that too, for real. Uh, maybe we just do, like, a few questions for you? Like, would you field some crazy, wild questions we've got? Absolutely. I'm all ears. <laughs> They're not that wild. Well, we'll see. Okay. So <laughs> so our our tagline for the podcast is, the world's a buffet of music, right? And it's time to eat. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of our, our motto, so to speak. So if you're at the buffet... What do you go to right off the bat? What's the first thing you go get? Okay. So I technically have two answers because it depends on the style of buffet. But first thing I'm going to look for is the rolls because I love buttered rolls. I don't know if y'all ever had Golden Corral, but that's, they spoiled me. I love buttered rolls. It's the best way to open up my stomach in the beginning. But if not that, then I'm going to go straight to burgers because burgers, I'll eat them anywhere. They're so reliable. <laughs> <Just are>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, we had a golden corral in our hometown, and well, my hometown at least, and uh, adjacent to my hometown. <laughs> yeah, and it was like the bands would always stop there, you know, for marching band and things, because you could feed a whole bunch for not that much. And mm-hmm. uh, man, those rolls, I could, I still remember mm-hmm. seeing them when they come in the basket and they put them down, and you're just like, ah. <laughs> yes, yes, the rolls themselves look golden, glossy. It's like, oh my gosh, my stomach reacts physically once I see them. It's crazy. <laughs> that oh, is yeah. so funny. Oh my gosh. Just bread. Yes, we're big bread eaters. Mm-hmm. 100%. As you should be, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right? You know, bread of life that came from somewhere. Yes, exactly. <laughs> also. What are you guys' food, first go-to foods? Because now I need to know. That's a good question. Oh. Um. So I was on those band <laughs> trips, and um, not <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I always went for the mac and cheese. Mm. I don't know. It was always the macaroni and cheese, and then if they had ribs, I was just there. Yes, yes, yes. Ribs are also a reliable one. No matter what, whether they're good or bad, they always there's a certain base level of good that ribs are always gonna be just because of the ribs. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you seem to be a colorful person with your hair and your clothing and everything. Ooh. So, what's your favorite color? 
Oh, I love that question. So I have a, the first, the answer I'm going to say is purple, but I want to tell you how I got to this conclusion because this is funny. So I always used to say my favorite color was red. And then sometimes I'd switch to green and I was like, hmm, I was like, I don't know why they're just not hitting it for me. And then this just this past December, I started looking at all my outfits and I noticed all my favorite outfits are when I have maroon on them. Right. So I was like, oh, it just hit me one day. I was like, wait, my favorite color must be maroon. And I loved maroon and stuff like that. But all of a sudden I ran into one of my friends who said their favorite color was purple. And I was like, oh, that's kind of close to mine. And there was a certain type of purple that I ended up wearing one day. It was just a random like uh, sh- like dress type style shirt that I got. It was so vibrant. And I was like this, I felt like it was calling me. I was like, that has to be my favorite color. Then all of a sudden my hair ended up coming out a little bit purplish. It's kind of fading a little bit right now. But when that came out purple, everything, it felt like that was like the stage in my life. Like it needed to be that. <laughs> Oh, I yes. love that. I love that your hair is purple, and I think that's so cool. So, And it's fitting because it's a royal color. Hey. Mm, see, that was another one, too. My friend was, he was just talking to me about uh, color psychology, and we're talking about it because I studied, you know, business in a marketing class. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teacher said, oh, uh, purple is the color of royalty because it's, you know, not as common in nature. And then I saw, like, these flowers. Oh, they're so nice. That it was you know, obviously the green stem of the flowers mixing with just the purple at the top. It's the my favorite, favorite, like, color. Um, What's it called when the two colors are opposing each other? Oh, color contrast. It's my favorite color contrast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. They're not quite complementary, even though they both share blue. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like it's more, for me, with colors, it's more like the shades that can contrast more than the colors themselves because like you don't want to i mean you can if you're looking for a certain level of depth or something like neon and pastel but you know when it's valentine's day and they're putting the bright red next to the bright purple it hurts my eyes a little (laughs) Mm, (laughs) i could imagine down in there yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah purple her favorite color is purple too so your favorite color is purple too. It is. Ah, it is. that's amazing. Yes. You know they and say that people. Mm-hmm, they say that people whose favorite color is purple are actually more intelligent. No, no, I'm kidding. No, uh, I believe it. Wow. I believe it. That's no. it. We're done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> One thing I did notice about like your music is you remind me a lot of like Lil Uzi Vert or uh, Juice World. Um, so I didn't know, like, who were some of your big inspirations? Oh, so um, it's crazy because I always, always, people always say I remind them of Juice World and Lil Uzi Vert. People even often, very actually often, say I look like Lil Uzi Vert. <laughs> oh, I get that a little bit. I get a little, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit. But... Um, but so when it comes to influences, my favorite artist in the world, absolutely, is the artist Rod Wave. Rod Wave, Rod Wave, my favorite. He has a soulful trap sound. And it's like, it's the most beautiful blend of like hearing soul music mixing with trap because he can talk about trap things, but more refer to the, you know, emotional value behind whatever he's talking about and everything like that. Like he even talks about struggles of, you know, growing up in the streets and saying, I hated that I had to find this way out. And that felt like it made him feel like he had to separate himself and block off his emotions etc also 
Roddy Rich. I love the way he fits in the pockets of all his beats. Like always, always. Like it's like um, it's almost like seeing a drum machine and like see it and like. Okay, so this is gonna be a weird, really weird visual actually. So I'm gonna change that visual. Imagine like four separate blocks alongside each other, and there's a tiny bit of space in between, and you lay a sheet like a blanket right over them like it's like you can put your finger in between the spots in between the blocks and that would be like a tiny pocket in the sheet it's like roddy rich always wraps and lands right in those pockets and it's like you can physically feel them and see them while he's rapping like i don't know like it's amazing um juice world one of my favorite artists 100 percent he's very very open with his emotions and he doesn't look at music as just a, oh i'm gonna be the best which obviously you know it's like wanting to be the best itself is like a good thing but um, I noticed in a lot of hip-hop it's very competitive to where there's almost this level of oh everything needs to be this type of way like Juice World never never pushed that style of narrative he was always hey this is this song this is this song like his songs are like his children and his art is just what represents him at different times also he specifically said that he uh something that's important to add in music is the human side of you. So he likes to add like mm. even the mistakes in his personality. Like um, he said, for a song, all girls are the same. Obviously, you know, he knows all girls aren't the same, but to be able to actually allow the raw thought to come out rather than just being straight up, like, you know, filtered thought. Because raw thought is really what people feel. People don't just feel the um, fully developed, you know, I mean, filtered speech that they're giving out to the world. They feel whatever their first emotional response is. And that's like what I like to do even in songs, you know, like how I said, I'm just toxic in the song running away or in numb. I talk about that. It's like, um, you know, adding that human side, like I'm not perfect and I don't want to pretend to be like all that. I don't like doing that, <laughs> but those are definitely my top three. I haven't listened to Rob Wave. I have to listen to him. Mm, you need to be on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been like, Listen a lot of like Roddy Rich, of course I love, it. and you're exactly right how he just fits perfectly in these these spots, these you know, pockets in the in the rhythm and the beats and stuff, and he's really good. Him, uh, Lil Durk too. Um, oh yes, I love Lil Durk and uh, how he fits in there. Um, oh man, there's just so so many of the really good like great rappers who aren't just like in everyone's face all the time you know it's not mm -hmm. not you know we don't get talked as much as like travis scott or or anyone else you know but they're mm -hmm. just as good and talented so amazing no facts i'm glad that you even brought up travis scott because he's a perfect example to bring up when we're talking about the the pocket of the mm -hmm. beat and everything oh he'll just i i swear maybe it's because he's also a producer too right um like he has such a like he see you can tell his music is definitely one single idea that comes at you as opposed to oh here's the beat here's how the artist adjusted to the beat or vice versa like straight up travis scott's music the mixing and mastering of the music matches up with like this psychedelic trap vibe um and everything's very it's almost futuristic it reminds me of like a really really new supercar that you know what i mean like a 2021 car everything's like more jagged edges you know everything's like looks a more electronic the music's more auto-tuned too almost like i don't want to call it robotic because it doesn't sound robotic but you know what i mean a hundred percent the perfect example for that <laughs> oh, yeah oh, yeah yeah i mean there's i don't know 
I, I have a coworker who's really got me onto a future binge lately. Hmm. Um, with songs like Solo and stuff like that. They did a sweep, you know. Uh, but, so, are you... Do you consider yourself more of, like, a trap artist? Or more of kind of like what you were saying with Rod Wave, with, like, kind of the soul and the trap mix? So, I consider myself... There's, like, a new emerging genre in hip-hop. They call it emo rap. And I feel like, right now, I currently definitely fall in the emo rap style and what I my my understanding of this style is that it's very very rock influenced and I really love post hardcore music I loved Pierce the Veil Sleeping with Sirens both Vic Fuentes and Kellen Quinn their voices like they could go so high so low and it was just beautiful like it sounds aesthetically pleasing and everything then they can kind of growl at you bring different deliveries that kind of carry on a conversation through the microphone like and escape the fate which is my favorite used to be my favorite band now my favorite band is real friends if you know them but um Mm. definitely i have a lot of i have a rock style in terms of when i like to go in the higher end in my delivery and really be passionate like one thing that i think that or i guess is like kind of my favorite thing about my music specifically is that i love 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 to be very passionate i can go straight up from almost you know talking about something kind of i guess i'll use broken heart as an example or uh i'm harp a huge portion of it is like the lower register like i say um why do i wow that's bad i don't even remember my lyrics but um <laughs> that's okay that's, that's okay, okay. Mm-hmm. but um i the way with the lower register i'll be able to give like more aggressive type of thought where it's more like ego based and then all of a sudden i dive into like my internal like pain when i like to go in the higher register and it's like you know what i mean i feel like it's more rock style because it's more sung even you know and i love pop music (laughs) i'm sorry i'm just taking notes you're good oh no you're 100% 100%, and yeah and I love um, uh, punk music. So that's, I'd say, yeah, I'm definitely emo rap. Or uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the emo rap genre, but Juice World falls into it. X falls into it. Lil Uzi, people say, falls into it. Lil Peep, if you listen to him. Like, it's it's often also very dark and uh, somewhat self-deprecating. Not mm-hmm. entirely, but, you know, there's a, a huge self-deprecating aspect to it because it's more internal conflict-based than external conflict is what I've noticed about the genre. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, kind of examination of the deeper emotions rather than, um, you know, like some artists will talk about like what the life on the streets and, you know, the, the, the trap of the scene, you know, uh, and the emotional response of that and the... Uh, the conflict of trying to like, uh, like Meek Mill, you know, he talks about uh, having to, you know, sell drugs so he could buy food for his son or Mm -hmm. medicine for his mother and stuff, you know, and, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't dig deep into the, like the emotional reaction of like how I have to feel, like how I'm feeling about doing that, you know, whereas you have, like you were saying, like, um, uh, like Lil Uzi Vert and, and Lil Peep a little bit and you know X um, and how they just like like Moonlight and things you know they just dig into mm-hmm. those deeper meanings and deeper emotions that uh, are really I think is nice because I like to listen to music that 
really digs into that kind of stuff. So because mm, you feel it, you really, really feel it. Because the thoughts that you must have had at some point, honestly. Well, not just you specifically, but you know, you as in like everyone in general, like you know, they're commonly shared thoughts. Because the deeper and deeper you go, you don't start to relate to someone off of the stories that they're telling. You start to relate to the emotion being uh, told. It's almost like this is how I always like to describe it. Uh, it's like a ca- uh, conversation in the car with your friend when it's really late at night, and you're just like, "Yo, honestly, like things ain't been going good, etc." And then, you know, you guys dive in. And I don't know how often you guys have like those deep type of deep late car talks type vibes, but it's like, you know what I mean? Everyone feels so open. It's like, it's purely like heart to heart rather than just heart to heart and brain to heart and brain. Cause you know, your brain will make you filter out so that you don't really, you, you don't, you know, make yourself sound some type of way that you don't present yourself. But that's really not what it's about. Your heart is just with your heart. You feel what you feel for it. Right. Mm-hmm. oh yeah we stay up mm-hmm. till like three four in the morning sometimes having those deep deep thoughts question mm-hmm. talks so yeah also mm-hmm. comes with living with your best friend but yeah it's just you know it's like wow. parties that was cute i like you guys i like you guys that's crazy. <laughs> thank you, thank you. we like cool. you too thank you <laughs> so uh we talked about like uh rappers and stuff but like do you have a favorite producer oh that's a good question so i do actually um his name is prodigy prodigy and i absolutely love his instrumentals what's funny is so he's not a huge big name producer if i do have to do big or for the answer of a big name producer i would say take keith just because he's very you know hard at what he's doing but my favorite producer in general prodigy uh, he ended up DMing me on Instagram or whatever, uh, right? Like around the time that my album People Change was dropping. And I, what's crazy is I felt bad because, you know, at first I couldn't get, like, I told him I'd listen to the beats and I didn't for like the first two weeks because I was so focused on everything, promotion, coming on with the release and talking to my team about like, you know, how we we're going to figure out the timing of the video versus the album and everything with the singles. But um, actually, I remember distinctively, it was the day that Broken Heart was dropping. He uh, DM me, yo, did you check out those beats? And I said, I'm going to check them out right now. And um, I clicked on it. The first song that I clicked on absolutely changed my heart, which is funny. It's actually a song that's I have a whole music video coming to soon, a whole movie to it. It's, 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 it's really exciting. But that beat all of a sudden it like changed me. I was like, yo, like he, you know, a lot of people hop in your direct messages and they'll tell you, oh, I've uh, beats that are your style, but I'm, I'm not knocking the hustle, but a lot of the time they'll just say that to kind of get you to listen. And I'm like, oh, I understand that. But this dude actually understood what style I was bringing to the table. So I listened to more of his beats. I'm like, this is crazy. Now, all of a sudden, I think I probably have six songs to his beats and like almost all my upcoming unreleased songs are to him because, you know, he sends like producer packs and stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, like, why is this like literally exactly what I'm looking for? Like, I couldn't find it anywhere else. So he's definitely my favorite artist. Shout out Prodigy, their favorite producer. (laughs) Do you produce your own things or do you have a producer? So I don't produce my own stuff. I mix and master everything, record everything myself. But when it comes to production, always always uh work with a different producer for me personally because um when i used to be the guitarist of my band i noticed i had issues trying to create 
new melodies right off the bat or even if or not new melodies but new ideas essentially like I would always have the same feeling to my music and I was like that's cool but I like the idea of actually collaborating and seeing okay this is the feeling that I want to you know create and now working with that to create my version of that feeling so I noticed for me working with different producers helps plus you you never know you may be on a beat you never thought you'd use and then it completely changes the way you want to make music because that happens a lot <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah that's great it's so important to be open and willing to learn new things especially as new beats and technology are coming out you've got to be able to go with that and i think you're setting yourself up for success by doing that because you're allowing Thank yourself you. to grow and change as the industry is doing that Mm, see I'm actually glad that you said that first of all thank you also that's another reason I like to work with other producers is because the same way that I'm focused on uh, uh, like scanning the industry for like what's you know relevant right now and how can I add to whatever is relevant for myself uh, I feel like producers you know that's exactly what they have to do in a way that I personally don't even understand you know the first thing people are hearing of your song most of the time is going to be the instrumental and if that doesn't sound modern maybe your music doesn't have to sound modern but for me I like sounding modern I like feeling like the industry is one big circle of freestyling and I'm hearing everyone else's ideas and then kind of coming up with mine moving forward like that I like to be modern and relevant like it's just I don't know it's almost like there's like a business side of creating the music that's like I don't know it really really gets me it's like it's like the game Monopoly when you're rolling dice you're like okay now make a record about this <laughs> hey, well, and if you think about all the artists that have made it for so long unfortunately I'm not very familiar with rappers because I feel like I'm the epitome of a soccer mom and it just like <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that it's a little funky to see me listen to rap like when I'm in the car by myself um but you know like pink has been around forever mm -hmm. and Linkin Park was around for a really long time and you can kind of follow their journey through their different sounds and it's mm -hmm. really cool because you can kind of be like I remember this and this is what she was going through and this is what they were feeling and it's so cool because then you get to be part of that journey through the different sounds. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. It's crazy. Um, this is, I tell my friend, like, I tell my friends when I'm talking about music, what's cool to me is when I'm listening to my favorite artists, it's like their music is a journey and a story as much as their career is its own journey and story. Like, you know, you hear their sound as it develops, all of a sudden you start to hear maybe influences from maybe even your other favorite artists, or you hear them like even reference certain things that maybe they referenced in all their songs or certain things that's happened at their shows, big moments for them. And it's like, it's a whole nother part of the story. I feel like everything's really just one big story. <laughs> yeah, it's like a sneak peek into someone's diary. Mm -hmm. it's so cool because bill will show me he'll be like listen to this part i'm like okay and he's like this goes back to this song written by these people and then this mm -hmm. came from this song written by these people i'm like oh my gosh it's so cool because mm -hmm. one of the things that i do really like about rap is the fact that all their different samples from people who inspired them adding to their own history you know that's 
really cool and I feel like that's kind of it's broadening out into different genres but I feel like that's really unique to where rap began yes 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 that's facts and that's 100 i feel like also yeah that you know when this song reminds me of or this piece was from this song and that piece was from that song that was dated back to this time in history or whatever i feel like that's just how the way things are supposed to be or i can't say supposed to be because everything is how it is in its own unique way but i'd say it's more i don't know more people can relate when there's something to relate to for more people, if that's a good way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Makes sense. The way to stay relevant is to stay relatable. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I need to stay relatable about when it comes... For me personally, I always got to stay relatable in terms of the music and entertainment industry, because me, I don't watch TV. So, like, people make <laughs> actor, actress references... I never understand them, never, ever understand them. But I'm like, oh, okay, well, now I know. <laughs> I think just being also 100% genuine is like a huge thing for a lot of people because it's not, it, you know, people aren't going to accuse you of being like a plant or they're not going to accuse you of being, you know, fake and things like that because it's like, this is, this is me. I'm giving you everything that I am, everything that I think and feel. And you guys, it's up to you, really, you know? Yeah. Mm, yes, yes, yes. It's crazy. So it's funny how being genuine is so is literally the piece that holds everything together. But it's the hardest thing to do mm. for an artist or for, I guess, for a person in general. Because it's like, and this is just my experience make, uh, being a musician. It's that I find that uh, I, no matter how genuine I'm always being it's the parts of me that I often maybe I don't want to say dislike about myself but it's the parts of me that are specific to me that I'm not even always comfortable bringing to the table that tend to be the consistent factors that actually help what I do you know what I mean they're the only things that make my music my music like personally uh, I guess this is funny even saying this on air one thing that I used to struggle with as a person is the fact that I always, always get so excited about things. Like, and I love it now, but before I used to always be like, oh, well, it feels kind of childish to kind of be always excited about things all the time. Cause you know, not everybody's always like that. But I personally love being enthusiastic now just because that's what represents everything that I do. Now, even in my music, I'm always jumping to random registers. I'm always switching the flow up. I always like, fa I like fast music a lot, a lot. I like fast music, fast snares. And it's like, I'm always, I always like to get excited. And I'm like, I've after like maybe months to maybe like years of trying to hide that both in my personal life and in my music and everything like that. And even in social media, I started accepting it. And it was so hard. It was, it was actually around the time that people changed drop. It was so hard for me to accept it. But once I did, and I'm like, you know, anyone who doesn't agree, anyone who doesn't relate to who I am, I'm like, it, it ends up not even like bothering you. It's like you in your head, you think it's going to bother you before you end up being yourself because it's scary. But once you're doing it, it doesn't bother you because you're so comfortable and you're thriving and you're happy and nothing like beats the feeling of when someone relates to the most genuine you. It's like, okay, it's like a reward. It's like you're peeling off a bandaid. Like, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. I'm sure it makes it easier for you to continue creating too, because 
relating this to other forms of social media like Instagram and YouTube and things, it's like I know that people are on there for views and likes and numbers and things, but it's like, what do you guys want to see? And it's like, I just want to see you be you and you do the things you're interested in. Don't ask mm-hmm. me because if you're not into it, I can tell. You know, it's so Mm -hmm. important to be genuine, even if you lose some followers here and there. It's like the true ones who really understand you are there with you. And then as you grow, you'll pick things up. You'll pick up more people, more followers, more listeners. And so. A hundred percent. People can sniff out. My bad, my bad. You're good. People, it's funny. People can sniff out like, uh, fake persona so quickly like it's like and even if like even if they couldn't which they all we all really can we have that type of sixth sense but even if they couldn't for someone to try to keep up an act of being a version of themselves that's not themselves they will fall apart at some point because you can't be someone you're not 100% of the time at some point even if like let's say you just wake up and um you're tired you wake up you're tired you want to make a song the mo- a more raw version of you is going to come out because you literally just woke up. You're comfortable. You're in your own environment. Like, and if you're always being a fake version of yourself, that song's not going to align with who your character is in all the other songs. It's like, you have to have to figure out being yourself. And I honest, this is a personal belief. I believe that a lot of artists and a lot of people in general just don't know who they are, which makes sense. Of course, completely makes sense. We're in a world where, uh, you know, there's always so many different, like, you know, spots that we want to fit into. We always want to fit into who we can be for this person, for this group of people, for this job, even musicians. Oh, who do I, can I be for my fans? But it's like, yo, take a second. For me, it's meditation, but take whatever you need to do to say, hey, who am I? And then when you find out your first answer, you want to say why. And when you find out that answer, you want to say why. And you, and obviously the whys will go on forever. But the more you ask those whys, the more you're going to start to understand how every little part of your story and your own experiences has a part in who you are. Even like things like, you know, family history and stuff like that. And the more easily you can identify who you are, all of a sudden you can be a happier person. Like it'll happen because once you know what resonates with you and what makes you happier, like you start to relate to those things. You start to invite those things into your life, whether you like it or not. Just it's just genuinely better and healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. 100%. Mm-hmm. Just the king dropping some truth bombs on everyone today. Honestly. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> it seems like you spend a lot of time doing some self-reflection, which I hope is also indicative of you hopefully taking time for yourself to just be you with yourself so that you aren't losing yourself too what the industry may be indicating what they want from you it's so important to just Mm -hmm. it is Um, and first of all i'm glad that that self-reflective side of me sorry my dog might be if he starts barking i'm about to go get him in a second um (laughs) but i i'm glad that you're able to recognize that because for me what i noticed and this has actually happened in the past it started to happen is if i don't take time to like meditate exercise and look at who I am I start to become a persona not even in my music just like not even only in music and social media but I noticed back in like I guess March-ish like I started to become try to become that persona 
in my regular life. And I was like, wait a minute. And one of my friends pointed out to me, they're like, yo, are you trying to become someone or are you trying to be yourself? And I was like, wait, I'm spending time trying to find myself. Basically, I'm trying to craft myself. And then that led to my own unhappiness. Like I have to, I have to meditate all the time. I have to, I have to be able to walk outside. I like to climb trees. I have to set aside time to do things that I feel like are specific to me just so I can, you know, understand myself. <laughs> 100%. I noticed that on some days when I'm like glued to my phone and I've been watching nothing but TikToks or Instagram or I've been just working in things and then watching TV, I'm more likely to adopt certain behaviors from the people that I watch. Like we finished um, Shit's Creek and for a long time I was talking like Alexis <laughs> and it was just being Alexis every now and then Moira. But <laughs> You know, because when I have my phone down more often, I'm realizing like, okay, that's not really me, but I am also recognizing I'm really weird. <laughs> that, that's a good thing. If you ever call yourself weird, that means you know where you stand out. That is the best thing in the world. So that is powerful. Honestly, that's what it means to get to know yourself. Once in like, obviously, maybe the word weird is, you know what I mean? Like that term itself, it has negative connotation to it. But if you call yourself weird, that means you know yourself because everyone is different and everyone literally, like, you know what I mean? Everyone has those quirks. I, I think it was Ed Sheeran, if I'm correct, um, who said this, but he said it like the secret to his success was like being able to accept those quirks of his and being able to understand them. Because once you understand yourself, it's like puzzle pieces just fitting together. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It, it makes sense. You know, it's just my mom, she's here with us in the house and she's like, I swear, I would think you're drunk right now, but I know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, so we don't have too many questions left for you. Um, I have one that I thought of and then Abby thought of one for you. So who do you want to go first? Um... Will, I guess, because I, I feel like you, I can feel your question resonating in my chest right now. So mine is, is pretty simple. Do you have a dream vacation site that you would like to go to? Mm. So honestly, Japan. Mm. Japan, Japan, Japan. I always tell my girlfriend, and I told you this before we were in a relationship. I told her, I said, hey, I said, have you ever thought of being with a rapper? I said, you know. Have you ever wanted to go to Japan? And it started out as a joke, but obviously I loved the idea of going to Japan. I personally um, love, love, love Japanese food and stuff like that. Even just like sushi. I love sushi so much. I loved the culture as much as I was introduced to it through anime. Um, and I actually, when I was younger, it was uh, maybe third grade to fifth grade. Me and both my brothers were learning Japanese. We spent two steady years learning Japanese. I don't fully remember anything besides little like syllables or like phrases or like little um writings and stuff but it would definitely be japan that place uh tokyo looks so pretty yeah it looks really cool yeah our mm -hmm. kids are have, well our son at least especially all three of them. they've wanted to go to japan for a long time they all love you know, our oldest loves anime and uh, brought the other ones in and Studio Ghibli and all that stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. I love Studio Ghibli so much. 
Um, and then on when we got married, actually our meal for the night was sushi. So we went to this place that had like an all-you-can-eat sushi, and that's what we did. Actually, our first date was sushi. So sushi's our food. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, that's first of all, that's amazing because that food is also healthy for you. So <laughs> that's perfect. Oh, I wish my girlfriend liked sushi. She don't like it. <laughs> oh no. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm not sure my favorite kinds of sushi are the healthy ones because I like the tempura with the cream cheese. So it's you know fried mm. and fattening, but <laughs> it's so good. It is. It is. Oh my gosh, shrimp tempura. Yes, and I do. I really like like the spicy tuna. Everywhere we go, we try the dragon roll because they're different every single place you go to. Mm. My favorite's the unagi roll, the eel roll. The eel. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I love that one. I love that one. I want to try the dragon roll in different places now because that has me inspired. Yo, I'm glad that you guys like sushi. That's cool. Oh yeah, (laughs) we love it. All right, you ready for Abby's? So yes, I am. Totally don't have to answer this, and it's kind of a childish question. I was just, he was just like, "What questions do you want to ask?" And I was like, "Okay, what's the worst or weirdest way you've broken up with someone?" That is, oh, that is like a good question. Okay, so let me think. The worst, I guess. I guess it's the worst and the weirdest. Maybe it's because it was a little bit. I was a little bit younger at the time. And I was immature. I was very immature in my days. That's just how I was. But, um, so we've, we've all been there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the girl, she was, we were like maybe about two months into the relationship. But I guess for whatever reason, I just wasn't, maybe I wasn't fully feeling it. I don't know if it, I wasn't feeling it the entire time or just towards the end. But I actually didn't even like want to kiss the person and the person was saying why did you not want to and I was like I don't know I just don't really feel like it and they're like oh why do you not want to be with me and I was like oh you know what we should break up and I used that as the <laughs> break up words it was a little petty on my part and I kind of just went about it like that and looking at it like maybe a year later I was like you know what that was a little disrespectful but the good news is neither of us were too emotionally invested because it was a high school relationship and it was like the compatibility was not the greatest (laughs) right and I you know I don't know how she's feeling I can't speak for her but I'm sure that you know there can be some appreciation for not leading each other on or not like someone catching feelings and the other person just being kind of like no I don't I don't really think so and then getting six months into it you've had birthdays or holidays and the I yeah. think saved some heartbreak there. <laughs> mm, thank you. I have a more positive outlook on it now. <laughs> Definitely. I hope she does too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. I don't think she does. <laughs> right. And it doesn't sound like you wish her any ill will. So, you know, it's all good. Young people mm-hmm. are just weird that way. Exactly. That's fact. Some things are weird that way. <laughs> Uh, King, thank you so much for being on here, for being on our podcast. Um, it's been great getting to know you and talk to you and finally being able to see you beyond just a picture or your videos that you post on Instagram and things. And um, So thank you so much for being here and talking with us today. It's been amazing. Thank you so much. Well, first off, 
I appreciate you guys because you are very, very colorful people. First off, I feel very, very comfortable vibes from you guys. Okay. And I like how you're very insightful. So the questions are not questions that I've been asked before. And they're actually some things that I'd like to speak on. Like even um, one of the things I said to somebody, and I won't get too deep into it, but I was asking them about like what food they would want to be or what would be the first food that they'd think of that came to their mind. Like I like little, you know, short, quirky questions like that. So I really like you guys' vibe. I appreciate being to actually connect with you. Thank you. Thank you. We've really appreciated it too. It's been really, really fun. I was kind of intimidated going into it. I was like, oh no, like I don't really <laughs> listen to rap, but I'm excited, you know, I'm sure... I'll get into mm -hmm. it. I think I'm holding myself back from it for some reason. So, hey, you know, different genres, different styles are for everyone. Maybe there's artists in this style that are for you. Maybe there's not because, you know, there would be nothing wrong with that. That's just how that's just the way that things go. That makes me feel better. I have friends who listen to rap and they're like, why don't you listen to rap? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Sounds of the World podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. There are links to everything in the episode description and also on our website. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sounds of the World. To show support for Sounds of the World podcast, please join our Patreon, where you can have access to our after-party discussions with guests, discounted merchandise, and even more. If you have any questions, answers, or episode suggestions, please email us at Sounds of the world podcast at gmail.com. Well, Bill, I think I'm going to go have a beer now. Hey, there you go. <laughs>